Blog Talk Radio. Child looks for midnight love and R. Kelly videos. 
and daytime gets miseducated by their bling bling heroes. So when the wind blows, all I feel is the dull air in elementary school classrooms. Overcrowded classrooms in the lapidated schools. Cause the men who can miss the most sin has the pen to regulate the money. So he does what? Delegate the money to go outside city lines to build new schools, leaving already struggling black youth to old schools, but come on y'all. No matter if it's new school or old school, we still don't make the rules. Still suffocated by European rule. That's why we got black babies in schools looking like fools. Telling these kids that Columbus discovered America. Lincoln freed the slaves. General Lee was a great American. George Washington was a great American. Benjamin Franklin was a great American. But if you look close reflection in Ben Franklin's glasses, you will see Kunta Kente's back receiving 50 lashes or Mamie on her knees and Master Beamer's kitchen swaddling with semen while Brother Miller still swinging that down square lynching. Now in 2004, Washington Franklin's great-great-grandsons are lynching our sons with maximum time turns for petty crimes. Our sons never get seen thus some victims of urban landmines and political concubines, so now they expose squares and write rhymes, keep losing their minds because dead new realities are bar slamming wind chimes while in Ronnie Zexon, Kate Ronnie Zexon, corrupt police and Martha Stewart still walk away with no jail time. <laughs> and see, us y'all, we ain't no better. We're just prisoners of hope using alcohol and weed to get doped up because those blue-collar, 12-hour work days got us feeling choked up. That's why when Fridays come, we run like hell liquor stores because for two fucking days, we want to feel like we ain't got no problems no more. So don't tell me that the winds of change are coming. Don't tell me that times are changing. Don't tell me that the winds of change are blowing because I have not had one breath of fresh air yet. <laughs> To be honest, sex was never a problem for me. It was all so innocent, it seemed. <coughs> See, it all started for me with a closed door and exposed doors on bright screens. My bad, my bad. I mean, misguided females doing horrorous things. <laughs> it's a shame to find out that the true whore was me. I was the one prostituting myself, giving in to everything that said, click me or come see. And unfortunately, it drew me in so easily. I could see it now. There was me. Supposedly a godly team, but struggling with something that's so much bigger than he is. See his temptation was to sneak his. Little behind in the dark rooms, get online and seek his. Perfect image. And what works for him is a woman that uses her body to work for livings. He didn't see anything wrong with treating women like they were employees of the minute. I was about to get obscene in a minute. I seen scenes so vivid, not even my weakened vision could keep me from sinning. Mm. It soon turned from a weakened thing into a secret that I couldn't keep keeping in. And I knew something was missing, but I kept searching and clicking, thinking that one of these girls could make me feel something different. But none of them did it. And soon what was virtual turned to a reality. I thought I was through. That had to be it, but the same thing carried over and grabbed me again. The same image of women and me giving myself to any of them that even looked in my direction. I may have been in need of emotional protection, but sex was never a problem for me. I ain't go all the way. Well, let me explain. You remember your first marijuana kiss? You know, the one that was like the gateway drug to other bodily addictions? See, it started off simple. But now when it's not around, you have them withdrawal symptoms. See, I never meant to get high. I only needed a puff every now and then to get me by. The 
that after a while it seems like it wouldn't even feel right unless I laced it with a little something extra to fill time. And while my kisses slowly been turning to touches, as my mind rested on the fact that she was on her back, while I slide closer and closer to her virginity, voices screaming within me, she's not yours. Don't touch her, leave her alone. But I ain't listening. All that was on my mind was trying to find a new position to sit in so I could somehow find what I was searching for. How could I have missed it? Wait, let me try that again. No, that's not it. There must be more. I see that she's searching, but I already know I don't have what she's looking for. But I can't let her know. I can't let her go, because if I do, I have to go back to the way things were. But I was lonely before her. So this must be right. Bodies intertwined, however, slightly nervous, because I think I just heard some footsteps in the distance. Or maybe it was just the wind. Or maybe it was just the sin that was rushing in, but I wasn't worried, because sex was never a problem for me. I knew what not to do. I read the card, I would not have sex before marriage, and if I already have, I would never go at it again. Signed my name with a pen, but what it didn't explain was all the sensuous ways that a hips would say, or what a lisp would say. See, the problem for me was that neither pregnancies or threat of diseases could hold me back from it. I was grappling with deeper things. I soon realized I needed something other than me for this, so I pleaded with Christ to intercede for it, but before I could blink, I was right back in, same sin, same thing again, same women's friend around me mingling, back to the same kisses, which led me right back to the same issues. Closed door, exposed pores, closed phone to the floor. How dare I have the audacity? I had to deal with Jesus asking me, are you the pimp or is she the hoe? Is anything planted outside of my will can I grow? But instead of listening to Jesus, we just lay down. So I guess to be honest, sex has always been a problem for me. I haven't had unprotected sex in my mind since the age of 13, where I conceived premarital lives and contracted spiritually transmitted disease. It hurts to think of all the girls who's been infected by me. I finally came to the point where I fell face flat on the floor. This can't be there. This can't be all there is to life. There has to be more. I had to do something different. I had to get back to my vision. God is living in me. I have to get back to right living. I thought I was the one writing my own script, and I thought I had real life when it was really just fiction. I had to let God take the pen from my hand and compose me a new composition. He had to show me what godly penmanship is. But don't be fooled. See me as a Christian. I'm not yet well written. I'm just spelled different. So I guess the thing is, for me, what made the difference is when I finally admitted that sex was a problem for me. So be honest with me. How many of y'all can honestly say sex is not a problem for you? You know, I uh, I, I used to be in this relationship, and, uh, you know, it's over, and me and the sister don't really talk too much. But, you know, I, I still think of her, and... Uh, and I I remember her as this 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 brown skinned sister from the inner city brick city brick house mama had a style that reminded me of hip hop bebop 70s soul music remixed updated never too overrated things fall apart yet it should be stated that she show was good to me I said she show was good to me 
She came into my life at a time when my mind had grown bored with the cyclic cycle of salutations which leads to the exchange of contact information which ends in a sexual elation which is a temporary form of liberation, I say, when she came to me. Yeah, my physical was satisfied, but my mind had grown bored, and my soul? My soul had begun tapping out an SOS into the ether, so when she appeared, I say, when she appeared, it was like my prayers had been answered. She was like a cool breeze coming through my window on a summer's day. She was like the presence of God moving slowly through Eden. She was like poetry. Yeah, the sister was like poetry in motion. But I was moved. She moved me with Bob Marley mixtapes and Nina Simone serenades. Hit me with bell hooks and theories which made me look past hips and thighs into dark brown eyes filled with song and sorrow. The sister was nice, y'all. Well, what happened, right? Well, maybe it was my apathy which made me unwilling to carry all the baggage that she came with. Or maybe a lifetime of watching video hoes became the quo-and-tell pro to make me think, man, there's got to be someone better out there. Or maybe I was just too damn young and didn't know what to do with love when I found it. But anyway, you know, now she's gone and we've both moved on. But every now and then I think of her and I remember her as this brown-skinned sister from the inner city, brick city. Brick house mama had a style that reminded me of hip-hop bebop, 70s soul music, remixed, updated, never too overrated. Things fall apart, yet it should be stated that she show was good to me. I said she show was good to me. Check it for a second, I'm about to direct you to the internet, to hiphopsisters.com, home of female lyricists with messages. See the true light at last shining in the Mecca of Queens, a matriarch community of hip-hop ladies that came together because they couldn't get no love or respect for the commercial industry. Now they doing their own thing and it's easy for you to see. All you got to do is go to hiphopsisters.com, sign up and become members and have full free access to videos and tracks of top-notch female producers, DJs, poets, and film C's. But your contribution to blogs and discussion is also a necessity because it's not just music, it's a movement to put out quality hip-hop and represent the culture in contrast to the male-dominated garbage that young minds are being bombarded with through mainstream hip-hop sisters. Dot com, that is. The original poetry after Dark Old School Battle. We got an hour and 44 minutes left in the show, and we're about to kick off with the first round. Starting off with Al Green, and this is for the good times.
The dark old school battle is really going down. That was Ronald Asley, Asley Brothers, Smooth Selling, and Al Green for the good times. That was round one, guys. And we're going to go ahead and roll some more poetry and come back with round two. Um, let me know if you're listening and through Facebook. Leave me a comment. Let me know who you're rolling with um, tonight. Will it be Asley, Ronald Asley, and Asley Brothers, or Al Green? Next, forward up to the mic, my mic, and this is titled, His Prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, the King of Kings, the ruler of everything below, I thank you for the gift to be able to write my poetry, but now it's time for you to be dedicated to poems. Lord, forgive me for my sins and cleanse my soul with your blood. Trap me in a room full of demons and not my mouth let your words flood. Because I don't fear those that turn their destinies against you. They made their choice in their own free will, but about you, they must not have had a clue. We all slip up, but those that know you, never leave. So I dedicate this poem to you because you're worthy. Yes, indeed. You said you would not forsake me, and God, I believe that. You said seek me and ye shall buy me. Well, I also believe that. But with some of the things I did in your face, you still love me. Now, I can't believe that. Because if I were you and you were me, I would have to wipe you up off the map. For disrespecting me and biting the hand that feeds you because I created you in a perfect image, but yet you turned into that. That creature that loved everything the devil provided and slowly turned away from me. Lord, I don't see how I'm better than no serpent or rat. But you kept shining your love and grace on me like you do all of your other creatures. 
And I wanted to say thank you for doing what you do because your work always leaves me speechless. Because without your name, there would be no glory. You're the author and everybody else is just characters in the story. You send messages of pain through me in every poem from beginning to end to let everybody know about the pains you endured and some that you still hold within of your children, your creatures going through lust, temptation, and hatred. When loving you is just as easy, but some people make it seem like it's just so sacred. Lord, I just ask you to keep on correcting me. Keep pushing me in the ultimate goal of a believer. Keep perfecting me. My hands are like an old man's hands because I've already lived my life and my body's young because you resurrected me. I got the front line of your army and you got my back, so let's triumph for eternity. Because instead of walking through that valley full of shadows of death, I'd rather fly through that valley with your light in my chest. I remember trading to receive my poetry book for my bulletproof vest. I was a kid when I started, but now I'm older and it's time to finish this quest. Lord, may I ask your words pass through me, be heard in the ears of the deaf. May the blind see your aura, may the premature deceased have breath. And even though he's sneaky and everybody knows that's not a good feature, you said pray for these type of people, so I pray for Bush, God. Put your hands on this country's leader. Bless my family and guide them in whatever ways you may need to. Bless those who believe in you a little bit and save those that even think of you. Lord, patience you... Lord, patience... Lord, patience is what you said I had to learn, and in that characteristic, I feel you correcting me. I thank you for the ability to learn because patience is needed for this poetry CD. Speaking of patience, some religious people often laugh at me because they think I'm a joke to... Speaking of patience, some religious people laugh at me because they think I'm a joke to your word. They often categorize me without knowing me as that average man standing on the curb. They think I'm in cahoots with the devil and they think they're a little bit better than some perv. I blend in with the heathens. I bet one gets saved if he feels this poem because of what he just heard. I thank you and ask you bless every poet that writes down whatever they have to say. And I thank you for our guardian angels so they can protect us and move whatever obstacles may be in the way. I ask you bless our words and help us spread a message or two for you one way or another. And then bless Florida and Louisiana for Hurricanes Andrew and Katrina. And bless yourself. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. storms, out of dark clouds come pain drops. Yeah. I can't see him coming down my eyes, but if Sean Carter can make a song cry, I'll make this poem mourn. Not sorrow over death, but tears shed every time a new soul is born and to send forms from dust. See, in the beginning, he's drawn away of his own lust and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin when it is finished brings forth death. A vicious cycle in which only the blood of the Lamb will ultimately protect, but this is for those who feel as if they've been left all alone. Those who, like me, have to play Stephen enduring the ubiquitous casting of stones, yet when we look up, we don't see the Son of Man standing at the Father's right hand. And don't think I'm getting pessimistic now, but when suburbia meets the ghetto, this is how the tears sound. Once voted best looking at IC Norcom High School is now an attitude sleeps with facial cheeks pressed close to the ground. Beef is New Orleans circa 2005 on into 2006. Michael Brown, Ray Nagin, George W. Bush, Kathleen Blackwell, and Vice President Dick all in the mixed emotions enclosed within a dome filled with terror and poverty. Those in need of significant health care being attended to improperly, making it hard to see God's sovereignty during this no world order. Oh, New Orleans, we dance with you. We knew all about your lasciviousness and voodoo practices that we took a chance with you. And though it looks bad, know that Jehovah has his hand on you. See, it is written, warn to him that is alone when he falls because he has no one to help him up. 
So he kneeled down saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup, I can't. I can't see him coming down my eyes. But the cries of little boys being molested by men still exist. Being touched improperly until they admit a painful white liquid having no idea what's going on with their bodies. And that thought is enough to leave holes in my heart like a direct pellet blast from a sword all shoddy. See, the other boys in the hood gain a fascination with guns. And I know because I was one who watched my old heads make gaining illegal funds look fun. And sure, my father took me to see men like Dr. Ben, but I gained more satisfaction. And knowing that if I watched daddy close enough, I learned the smoothest way to make a hand-to-hand transaction. And if he wasn't a rolling stone, Papa rolled with cats who sold stones. And I don't know if it was the feds or rival dealers, but... Papa's role as a man of the house could no longer be fulfilled in his own home because he had to slide to upstate PA. So I thank God in advance for the salvation of a man who once sold more weight than a fitness category on eBay. Yet we stay away from showing each other affection and I can't. I can't see him coming down my eyes. So I gotta make this poem cry freedom. Uhuru, that's liberation twice. We need to fight for our rights to live a fruitful life. So if you see my fist up, it's to combat depression and risk cuts. And it's not that I forgot about our ancestors and the Europeans that whipped us, but in a nation as such, we can't afford to look at any man and refuse to lift up. You see, isolation is not God, it's us, which goes back to the lust that is conceived and eventually leads to death. So finding rest within strife rests upon realizing that life is changed for and brought to you by the following, Jesus Christ. And though you fell more than twice, the tears don't have to come from your eyes, so don't mourn. See, God knows we're naughty by nature, and once again, it's on. The pain drops.
Oh, wow, that Tuesday lover. Corona Ives is definitely doing it up tonight. That was round two. I don't know. Let me know what you think and who you're rolling with. I'll bring Orano Isley. We have an hour and 17 minutes left in the show. And we have four more rounds left for the old school battle. We're going to kick back with some more poetry. This is Mosaic and Addiction. Sir Fork, if she asked me to write about it. Pretty enough to make a man fight about it. I almost feel bad right and wrong when everything's so right about it. And I told her before I spilled this ink over that it might come out naughty and wrong, but she's in my eyes that I can think right for but so long, so, so long, bye-bye, no more Mr. Nice Guy. You see, you makes my day. Let me tell you how I like to make the night. If you're looking for an addiction, I'm right in front of you. I like to invite myself to be the vice in your life that you call on multiple times throughout the night. You might like that. I can be your crack and have you addicted to my disposition when you're in this position and my mission to make you arch your back. I can be your smack and smack that all on the floor. If you're tired of that, I can be the methadone you use when you want to get off. Baby, I can be your addiction. A love-hate relationship I have with your parents because I love what they made you, but I hate what they named you. Angel. Such a contradiction. Yes, you have the smile on the face of one, but you have a body of sin, and I have a devilish grin that hints at what I'm thinking within, how if chance given, I'd love to have you addicted to my addiction, angel. If you really are one, then let me wrap your legs around your halo and taste you until you bend the blare, and your head spins and your eyes roll up in there. And I don't care who in that heaven sees me enjoy your hellacious body. We probably make sheriffs blush if they witness me stroke until your caramel hue turns flush. I want to be your adrenaline rush. Your caffeine, just take a double shot of me and I'll keep you up all night. Cause the thought of you keeps me upright. Let me get you so high you feel like you can fly from the sensations between your thighs and just me. I can be your LSD, your angel dust. Angel, trust me, I can be your OCD. And you can compulsively obsess over me. Don't be overly concerned by the affliction caused by our friction. You get the itching and twitching on your head of me deep inside you can cure the condition. And when I withdraw, you start to shake. You seem conflicted because when I'm in, you want me out. But when I'm out, you want me in. You abandon all righteous convictions. I am your addiction. You put my pipe to your lips and inhale deeply. It is ready. Rock hard. You don't like to admit it, but you need me. I can be the devil little secret you do in the dark. The thing for which you forsake your family and friends and you'll tell them that you don't mess with me like that. But every night you'll keep inviting me back until orgasmic overdose and you're left close to comatose teetering that line between pleasure and pain as my presence courses through your veins and only your short breathless.
got to go on at the location, time, and date, and I'll be there. Whether it was in Northeast Asia or in a hut in Nantucket, or if I just had to go through all the bandit systems searching through the walls again, I'll find him. Whether he was in Harlem selling dimes or in Mississippi cutting out holes in white sheets, whether he was some scholar from Yale or thug that just graduated the jail cells, I'll smell the trail that just leads back to the essence of the first line I ever wrote in my poetry, and I'll find him. I have an eye on him in spirit form, holding on like mothers when their sons hit corner streets. Whether he was just some politician or another heroin victim, I'll be there just in case I had to catch him slipping and creep up on him and tell him about the man he used to be. And I won't even need a picture. I'll be able to recognize myself by seeing the drive in his eyes. The look when I walk into these venues with the idea changing someone's life on my mind. With a bag full of books and CDs, like, like I was just carrying around my life with me. And you can just see it in my poems, like, like I just lit it. My poems let the ink bleed, so it's all in my veins. But maybe it's not all in vain, because I've healed more souls than hospitals cure heartbeats. And I know this from all the life given back to me. So I'll find them, whether he was drunk, holding on to memories, or some young woman getting raped by a male teacher. I'll be there to tell her how she just had the balls to get in this car and drive across the country And just ignore all the benefits corporate America gives and said, fuck it I'll do this shit even if Russell never walks into one of these spoken word events Left my name being echoed off the venue walls just for the words And sticking to the earlobes of cats who never got the chance to see me perform And they wouldn't have to ask their friends about me anymore They can hear my life and the residue I left for them on the floor And wouldn't have to secretly dissect my hustle just to see how long you can live off your arm and I swear, whenever I get the chance to see myself again, I tell him, you gotta put your soul in it. Like, like God just paid you a visit. Like seven novels and 1,700 poems in my first three years of writing was just the beginning. Come on, people, I'll find him, even if he never writes a single sentence. I saw him how I used to show up with ten in the venue, feeling like now was a good night to throw the towel in. But it must have been a night someone just knew I was on the verge of quitting. Because they just trapped me down just to tell me, fuck the numbers. I was making a difference. I'll tell him, I'll tell him how hard he used to write Like God just did and to put something in it with enough heart It could pump the air back into the lungs of spirits And I'll tell him how he did it I'll explain to him how angels used to show up in the flesh After some of his poetry events And have conversations with him Prophesizing his life and reminding him the man he is And I'll tell him everything My crime, my life, the heartache the joy, the pain, the strain, my family, my friends, some of them who turned out to be life's lessons, my testaments, people who I've touched and relationships I've been in, my one night stands, and of course the times that I fell in love with myself again, and even if the Lord had it that I wait Roman in cemeteries in 500 years, I'll be there, waiting for the moment to where he starts to slip, and I'll find him, whether if he was just another people who wanna run, or alone in dark corners with a shotgun, I'll be there. Tell him about the man he used to be Just so he can hear all about the man He can become Like as if they not struggling. 
But I know your faults. I know your faults. I mean, you know. Jesus said, Why point out the sty in your brother's eye without removing the beam in your own? Enough said. I struggle to exist. I struggle to exist amidst terrors assuming gate. Fire hoses and barking dogs, black flesh has yet to escape. My fate, still with a kiss. Extreme poverty, only a few blocks away from Colombian districts. Political mystics denying my existence. Uh-huh. I struggle to exist. I've been racially profiled since my inception. Since my conception, correction, I've been racially profiled since I reached the synagogues of Nazareth, read from the book of Isaiah. This here is the poor man's gospel, that the captives be liberated, no longer blinded by your God spell. God spell destruction from the corporate oligarchy of this conundrum called capitalism. Struggle to exist. Struggle to exist. No, no, I've been racially profiled since Columbus set sail. My hands and feet still bruised with nails. My locks dreaded, my bones frail. My thoughts confused by foreign tongues. And I'm still struggling to exist. Beyond the auction blocks, the memory of my bondage, a laughable gesture. I can still feel the grimy paws of Jim Crow fondling my naked flesh. I struggle to exist in housing projects and ghetto tenements, graffiti on walls, syringes in alleyways culminate the sum of my pain, multiplied by the smell of cocaine residue, I'm telling you, I struggle to exist, I struggle to exist. I struggle to exist, addicted to pain and agony An intravenous needle still symbolically attached to my vein You can't feel my pain This ain't so Tuskegee experiment So stop experimenting on my brain Trying to drive me insane I struggle to exist
think of younger days When I live for my life Was everything a man could want to do
Yeah. 
right. That is the Ashley Brothers making say it again, girl. This is the original poetry after dark old school battle. Finishing up round three. We have three more rounds to go. Um, right now we're gonna go back to the poetry and I have the original woman with my message. My lover was born in 1981. I was young and he a little younger than me, but I never knew his name or his face because he was never man enough to come forth to me, so I just called him Mr. HIV is funny. Because I never thought it could happen to me. But now I spend my nights replaying that day in my memory, praying that I could go to sleep and wake up and it'll all be a dream. But today I woke up and I was still positive with HIV. I know because I remember. I remember that year I gave blood, though I can't remember all the partners that I made love to. But one of them sent me an anonymous handwritten letter saying, Get tested. And considering my entire life rested in those two words, I felt he should have said it to my face. I couldn't place him, so I traced old letters from ex boyfriends trying to compare handwritings and pens or recall any one night stands, hoping that I can go to him and he can tell me that it was all a joke and take back every word he wrote me. identity when she told me that I was positive for HIV. And the only words I can make out was that, you're wrong! I was living 
learn how to die. But today I'm dying to learn how to live just long enough to give the world my message. All right, all right. That's, that piece right there is real deep, real talk. We're going right back into the battle because um, we run a long time. We've got about 47 minutes left in the show. Starting back off with Al Green, still in love.
That's every Tuesday and Friday night, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. on the Blog Talk Radio Network, the best in Internet radio. So join my fam, DAP, DAP, for some of the hottest spoken word artists and poets on the planet with that special blend of music to soothe you after a long, hard day. Again, that's Tuesdays and Fridays, 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. for the Angelic Poetess Artist Showcase. I will see you there. I'll be back. Those are the last words you heard. I'll be back. Those are the words that you hear as you fight back the tears, wondering what did I do wrong? Where did life go wrong? Yo, why wasn't my father strong? I'll be back. Those are the words that jumpstart your dreams, the prelude to your mother's kiss goodnight. All you want, all you have is that one wish for your father to come back. Minutes turn to hours. Hours turn to days. Days become occupied with wayward fatherless strays with volatile waves who pack chrome three eighties and puff on that purple haze. Yo, past that spike lead joint and fuck them school days. My father ain't coming back. So now you're forced to learn how to become a man from cats like Joey Crack, Scarface, Nino Brown, and Frank White reshaped your life. But God is talking to that innocent little boy that's lost deep within you, begging for you to remake your life. He says, son. I never left you. There's still time for you to retake your life. Son, I want you back. But you're lost in the rhapsody made up by money and crack. The love that you have for your maternal father is dulled by adolescent sex, weed, and cognac. Your every day is a struggle. Survival is your mindset. And that thing called street life is based on compact. Those thoughts about your pops that stress you every day, shit. You ain't got time for that. Baby, this is do or die. And life on the streets has taught you that big boys don't cry. And life since the age of four has taught you that men who can't handle responsibilities tell their kids goodbye lies. And at the age of 16, you no longer think about the how comes or why's. Yo, the truth of the matter is this. Your father wasn't ready to have kids. I mean, how can a child raise a child to be a man when he doesn't know what a man is? Yeah, I know life is hard, and I can only imagine what you had to go through. But Pop, just like a test, damn it, I crammed to understand you. And just like you hurt me, motherfucker, I want you to hurt too. I can't stand to look in the mirror, because my mother says that I look just like you. And I'm scared to death to have a child, because I'm afraid of what I just might do. Will it be the beginning of a new life, or the life times of Eric Moore Part 2? Yo, don't get it twisted. I don't hate you. I mean, how can you hate someone you never really knew? So allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Eric Moore. I am your conscience. I am your son. I am the one that you forgot. Remember me. Remember me. All right, all right. The written poetry after dark old school battle. That was Eric Moore. Goodbye. Last lullaby. I hope I said that right. All right, we're going right back into the battle. This is round four. Um, starting this off with Al Green and Let's Stay Together. 35 minutes left, y'all. We're going to try to get this in. 
original poetry after dark old school battle between Al Green and Ronald Asley of the Asley Brothers. 25 minutes left in the show. I want to take the time to let everyone know that Poetry After Dark is coming up on the second year anniversary on Block Talk Radio. That show will be on Sunday, July 18th at 10 p.m. If you are interested in being um, a guest poet and spitting a piece, email me at poetryafterdark@gmail.com because the list is closing tomorrow because it is getting filled up again. If you want to uh, be a poet sitting on the mic, email me at poetryafterdark at gmail.com. All right, moving right along. Next poet up to the mic is Eoka, and this is Solitary Girl. I know you. You're a solitary girl. I heard you screaming when your back was against the wall. Your voice is stronger than you know. It's the power of the sun that you fear, busting your head against that stone wall, making your mind a prison, making your feet a victim of cinder blocks and brick, causing you to doubt steps your foot hasn't even taken yet. You think your foot needs time to bolt the front door, preventing the demons from getting in? I know you. You're lost in the darkness, but your journey is just getting started. I know you, solitary girl. I heard you screaming when your back was against the wall. Your voice is stronger than you know. You ran blindfolded when your eyesight was not correct. You hallucinated and tripped on your regrets, but crossroads do not appear out of thin air in order to hinder your path to freedom. And roadblocks are not pit stops on delusions feeding emotional diversion. And paths are not solidified on the back roads of indecision. And a fucked up mistake or a twist of fate should not bend your soul off track towards a capital punishment of mental crucifixion, for you are not on death row. Body will survive. Soul will revive, wounds will heal, and spirit shall break out of its self-subjected sentence of solitary confinement the moment you make your life yours. Your birth was not a mistake. You can't keep covering up your bruises, scars, and pain with caked on foundation. Blood, red lipstick, a back, and a neck brace there to keep your back straight and your head held high. You've got to stand your ground, plant your soul in the same soil you planted your feet. You've got to stand your ground, bury your doubts in the same soil you lost your belief. Uproot the dreams that still sleep. Build a fortress around the ground that you are determined to keep, and you will never be afraid to scream out to stop. And you will remember the price of your worth, and you will recall you've been strong since birth and you won't have to run with blind luck on your back and you won't have to find your blindfold is intact and you won't have to hear your voice crack from the dust that gets stuck in your lungs when you run and you won't have to fall if you hit that brick wall and you won't have to stumble in the gaps of your fears and you won't have to drown in your puddles of tears and you won't have to feel that it was all your fault and you won't feel the need to keep blaming yourself and you won't take him back if he says never hit you again and you won't give in if you're tempted to believe him and this time it is your decision this time things will be different and you will take back the night and you will take back the night you will take back the night and choose to live with this son and you won't have to hear your voice crack from the dust that gets stuck in your lungs when you run I know you, solitary girl, and your voice, your voice is stronger than you know. Poets, what would you write if you knew that the moment after you recite, there's a 99% chance that you would lose your life? And the only thing that flashes before your eyes is the prose that you chose, plus the bodies that fill the seats and the venues continuing for entertainment through what you expose and that's despite the fact that you're so nervous that blood starts spouting from your nose and your soul is at stake because you faked your way through two religions in one lifetime. And since this time, the cost of pretending is the price of your life, you're now realizing that going to church every Sunday 
and wearing a crucifix on your chain is just not enough to cut it when it comes to building that relationship with Christ. Plus, the strike the legend towards Islam doesn't even stand for much because your way of living in the Quran was so out of touch that it is the Muslim community injustice. You were thinking you were their spiritual sibling because you looked at pork and said, no more will I touch this. Plus, Arabic phrases such as Bismillah and Rahman Rahim and Malaikum Salam doesn't exactly make you a pillar in Islam. Cause bean pies plus, black veils plus, bow ties just add up to big lies if you're subtracting Hajj and Ramadan. And your superficiality has caused so much self-harm that you have bad credibility and no spiritual wealth. So in writing this poem, if you do nothing else, take the selfish way out and write something that will save yourself. If you've done it no other time in your life, take the talent that you're blessed with and show self-respect. Instead of wasting your time on the mic blasting the opposite sex, take clarity plus sincerity, then multiply that times New Roman, and to sum up the text, speak the truth that bounces around in your chest, and don't worry about death. This is a matter of death or death. You see, the sonnets you release from your soul will be so bold that it brings a tear to that teenage girl's eye before she gets the abortion. And the portions of your metaphors can be that one driving force to stop that out-of-work father from taking his own life. So poets, what would you write if someone was standing behind you holding a knife to your throat? I doubt that you would devote half the time to compose half a line to criticize President Bush because now you're at a point where a shove comes a push. And when it comes to fatality, who cares about miscounted violence in the South? See, the power of life or death is in your mouth. Realize that your existence is about much more than CD sales and slam scores. Take all of the strength and passion you can muster from within and release it through your pen. Because we'd all die eternally if our lives were rated on a scale of 1 to 10 and we receive a 9.9. That's why if I recite and my mouth gets dry, I'd hack up blood plasma just so I could continue to spit it. And flow for those who will listen, whether they are straight or homosexual, ignorant and asleep or wide awake and intellectual like nocturnal crickets. I want to gather socialist black pants their skinheads, rednecks, and bigots, then hang them all from branches of my poetry until they all choke off similes, perform Heimlich haiku, then embrace as a result of my spirituality. A H E E M Jamal is all I claim to be. And despite the struggle, I hope that out of my darkest days, at least one person will see light. So until I die, I will fervently write before I leave this literary legacy to document the fullness of life. Just settling for nothing at all. I say they're just praying for my downfall. 
I couldn't see that I love this man more than he loved me or ever I love myself. You see, I always put my life on the shelf. I didn't need time, love, or affection. The love I thought I had was my only protection. Protection I need because on your brutal attention is what I feed. But one day I realized that I was being kicked down, beat up, and talked to like I ain't shit. And you know what? I'm really tired of this. This fucked up way of thinking you have. I have bent over backwards for you, hoping one day your words of I love you would finally ring true. But all I ever got was taken for granted. You wanted everyone to think that you were a real man, but being a hoe was the only thing in your plan. But I stayed out of pity for you, or maybe it was for myself. I took your vicious words and fatal blows and still stood by you. Hell, I lied for you. I cried for you. Shit, I damn near died for you. Damn near died for you. My stupid ass almost killed myself for you. <laughs> Can you believe that? I got some paper with a bread. A young, black, gifted lady takes her own life in the name of love. For a broke ass, no life, low life, still living with his mama, wannabe drug dealing hoe. But one day I woke up. I woke up and smelled the coffee burning. Right then I knew I had to make a change in me. I had to stand up and find myself respect. I had to find the self-worth I was born with. Let's face it, I had to put my own ass in check. Because I was playing like the game changed when really it was the rules that I rearranged. I let you beat me down and take my self-esteem, tarnish my hopes and crush my dreams. See, I believed you when you said I was nothing. I believed you when you said I had nothing to offer. I believed you when you said no one worth having would ever want someone like me, a divorced mother with two different baby daddies. You became the book on which I read my life. You manipulated me into being your wife. Because of me, you wanted complete control. And the day I gave it to you was the day I sold my soul. I told you past hurts and fears, and you used them against me. But for that shit, I take full responsibility. See, I fucked up. Yeah, I fucked up again and again. I fucked up and let your stupid ass in. I gave you all you needed to destroy me because your self-destructive ways I just couldn't see. But one day I opened my eyes and got a clear picture straight through your disguise. Begin to see you for who you really are and learn that a man can't be defined by his car. You see, this three-carat diamond only shines like a glass and your campaign to destroy me will never come to pass. Because I no longer need your ring to validate me or my existence. To your fatal words and malice thoughts, I've become resistant. I learned that money doesn't make a marriage and a home can't make a man. Just because you give him a book doesn't mean he'll understand. I decided that when I go out, it's going to be with style. And it won't be for a man that wasn't worth my while. I'm finally standing up as the beautiful black woman that I am. I'm too pretty for this. I'm too smart for this. I'm too good for this shit. I deserve better than this. It's time for me to get mine. I mean, all of mine. Because I refuse to be torn down by the very man I build up. I said, I refuse to be torn down by the very man I build up. So the building stops here. You are never a provider, a leader, or a protector. You are only a liar, a cheater, and a beater. But in the end, you only cheated yourself. And in the end, you have nothing left. Poetry After Dark, Old School Battle, coming to an end, running with the last round.
All right, so if you're in the chat room, you're on Facebook, you need to let me know who you're voting for. So far, it is tied up. We have not had all the votes in yet. So if you're in the chat room, let me know, Al Green or Ronald Abbey. All right, so we're starting this off with Al Green, Love and Happiness. Love and happiness, yeah, something that can make you do wrong, make you do right, yeah, love.
right, all right, all right. We're going out tonight. This is only three minutes left, and I'm sorry, guys, but, you know, you know Ashley won, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> and because Ashley won, he will close the show out tonight. Now, I'm kind of skeptical about playing this last track here because the chat room already on a whole nother note, and this is probably going to heighten it. But, hey, one of the most famous songs from the Ozzy Brothers, Between the Sheets. Let's get it in. Who 